This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Namaste, Welcome to Namaste, Motherfuckers, the only podcast where the worlds of work, comedy, and well being collide. I'm your host, Callie Beaton, and this episode is called Normal Service Will Be Resumed Shortly. Yep, due to unforeseen circumstances, we don't have a new episode to drop today. But in keeping with our Monday morning Namaste motherfucking tradition, producer Mike and I thought we'd do a quick bonus episode in the form of an update. Now that we're six months into doing the podcast, six months! how time flies. If you're a regular listener, you'll know the format. It's pretty simple. Every episode I interview a guest, give you some eye-opening, unexpected facts that have something to do with them, admittedly sometimes a little tenuously, and we talk about their own personal motherfucking moment. And at the end, I commit to doing something new, inspired by whatever it is we talked about. Now, Mike doesn't believe I do the things that I say I'm going to do. Spoiler alert, Mike, I actually do. So I've picked a few favourites that I've done to update you about. But before I do, in keeping with what we normally do in the episodes, I thought I'd give you a few podcast facts. The word podcast wasn't actually coined until 2004, but the first actual podcast, although it wasn't called a podcast, went out in 2003. What I'm saying is podcasts existed before they had the name podcasts, a bit like mobile phone apps existed before they were called mobile phone apps. Riveting stuff. The pandemic led to a surge of new podcasts launching. I mean, who'd do something like that? And there are now over 2 million podcasts available. Twitter was originally supposed to be a podcast. It was designed as a sort of text-to-podcast converter. The idea behind it was that someone could call a telephone number that recorded their message and later on hosted it on the internet. It was a sort of text-to-podcast converter. I guess a sort of modern-day dictaphone. That's a nice reference for you, Gen Z listeners. The Daily from the New York Times gets 2 million downloads a day and earned $36 million in revenue last year. And talking of dollars, 
Tim Ferriss reportedly charges $60,000 for a single live sponsorship read on his hit podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show, which if you don't know it, by the way, it's the number one business podcast on Apple, and it is actually really worth a listen. Oh, by the way, any businesses out there listening to this, you can have a readout on my podcast for a lot less than $60,000. So drop me and Mike a line. And last little podcast nugget of information for you is that back in 2006, Ricky Gervais was awarded a Guinness World Record for the most downloaded podcast, gaining an average of over 260,000 downloads per episode during the first month of the Ricky Gervais Show podcast. And talking of Ricky Gervais, I presented him with a Finger Award last year. It's a long story. I'll include a link in the show notes. So back to the things I've been doing inspired by podcast guests so far. The first one is Morning Pages, which is a daily practice of writing three A4 stream of consciousness pages, not thinking what you're doing, just keeping pen to paper every morning, pretty much as soon as you wake up. They've been mentioned a few times during the podcast episodes, including in the very first show with Oliver Berkman, of whom I'm a huge fan. Yes, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think making it as sort of mechanical and automatic as you can uh, and taking uh, away the sort of demand for brilliance on any particular day is really helpful. I think some people, including me at certain times in the past, turn that into a different kind of self-punishment. And I think it is important to remember that, like, you know, if you're drawn to this, it's because on some level you enjoy it. And I don't think that people should necessarily be kind of forcing themselves to do three and a half hours writing every single day when it's when it's just miserable I think so I'm slightly tending a little bit more back towards the inspiration pole there because I think people sort of people turn that kind of just do the work thing into a kind of club to beat themselves with but yeah and I think like quantity over quality I think that's like a really useful a useful thing if you can sort of get yourself into the spirit of meeting some some word count or putting in some time instead of nailing the chapter or the idea or the routine or however it works. At the end of Arthur Smith's episode, inspired by his love and writing of poetry, I committed to starting writing morning pages every day. And six months on, I still do them. Admittedly, I don't do them every day, but I do do them more days than not. For me, it's like a sort of cross between free therapy and a sort of creative unconstipating. And it honestly does help me write and do sort of productive, creative things as the rest of the day unfolds. Uh, truly, I am a fan of them. Um, and then after Emily Dean's episode, Emily is the author of, among other things, Everyone Died, So I Got a Dog. I went for a walk with producer Mike and his very cute dog, Billy. Mike and I walked, Mike Hello, and I podcast talked. Pettins. It's producer Mike here with another handy clarification. Callie's, in fact, never gone on a dark walk with me and Billy. We did meet once on the Heath a while ago to talk about another project, but she's not actually come for a walk with me. And she certainly hasn't done so since she said she was going to. She does, however, assure me she did go for a dark walk with a neighbour, but she's only saying she went with me and Billy because, you know, showbiz. And now I am such a dog fan. We've got the dog guru and host of BBC Radio's The Barking Hour and the A Dog's Life podcast, 
Anna Webb coming on the show in a couple of weeks. And she's going to talk, among other things, about telepathy between pets and their owners. The only living creature I've got left in this house since my kids left home and my beloved nearly 18 year old family cat died is a cat who I think in human years is about the same age as me. Um, and she's a sort of roughly tufty tortoise shell. So basically two menopausal females in one house. That's all we've got. So I think there is definitely a bond between us, but I'm not a middle-aged cat lady, obviously. And finally, for the little updates, after Richard Osman's episode, I watched Judd Apatow's masterclass, 10 Tips to Improve Your Stand-Up Comedy Writing. And honestly, it is really good. It got me back into writing some new material. Lots of comics like me found that we just couldn't write anything during the pandemic because we tend to write to deadlines of going out and gigging. And also lots of us feel inspired to write after gigs, which was a bit difficult when there weren't any. So it did actually really help me. And I did write some new comedy material in the nick of time before the venue started to open again. Now I'm back into a bit more of a flow with that. And thank God for live venues and any of you who are good enough to go to them and support live comedy. Shout out to you. So um, those are the things I've done. There are, of course, things I have yet to do. And recording this has reminded me to um, do them. What can I say? I'm a perfectionist with a procrastination complex. One day I'm going to be awesome. So the first of those is to start playing the piano again, inspired by the episode I recorded with comedian Maisie Adam. Um, and another one is to go to the public gallery in the House of Commons, which was recommended to me by Matt Ford. So I'm going to crack on with those things. Um, I'm going to play the piano today and I will get to the House of Commons soon. So that's almost it for this little bonus episode. But my last gift to you, lovely listener, is based on the feedback we get from you. And that is that the two shows most likely to make you happy cry are Rosie Jones. My disability don't make my life hard. It's society and people's view on disability that makes my life hard. And Stephen K. Amos. Uh, my mother started in uh, the NHS mm-hmm. as an orderly. And wow. then, yeah, and then Even before up... she was getting clapped on a Thursday night. So, you know, imagine how good it would have been now. <laughs> it would have been wonderful if I told her I had a clap <laughs> and then she clapped for me on the Thursday night. <laughs> but um, she started off as an, uh, an orderly and she, you know, later on, in, in many years later, she informed me about the things she had to do, you know, literally like cleaning the most disgusting things. Uh, and then, but she trained, retrained as a nurse. And by the end was the ward sister you know my dad on the other hand bus driver um uh, a, a train guard um security guard he had so many jobs that we rarely saw him right we and, and we moved houses so many times we actually thought we were in the witness protection program because we couldn't place where we were and and my dad would lay out his clothes for the next day and we'd have to sort of play games guessing what job he was going to do like mr I mean, ben Absolutely. There's a contemporary reference for our young listeners. (laughs) (laughs) And the two most likely to make you feel just all round warm and fuzzy, which is, of course, the whole point of the podcast, are Danny Wallace and George Egg. 
supporting the podcast please do remember to take the time to rate review and recommend it because we love 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 doing it hello podcast pedants it's producer mike here with a handy reminder that if you would like to advertise or sponsor namaste motherfuckers feel free to get in touch contact details are in the show notes we'll be back in your feed as normal next monday when i'll be talking to apprentice star and pillow entrepreneur not to be confused with my pillow guy thomas skinner in show business not the name drop that's one thing you shouldn't do is name drop robert de niro time with that namaste motherfuckers was written and presented by me callie beaton and produced by billy's owner mike hansen for pod people productions with music by jake yap i'm callie beaton until next time motherfuckers (laughs) 